CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Finally, I let the gut here. Walking to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount+. Plus. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the podcast of champions. I think we're live. Welcome. Everyone back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, him and me, we make the podcast of champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. We are remote again, David in his house with lovely construction going on. Me, just under after seven in the morning, after maybe a few too many Mai Tais, I'm in Hawaii. Last night, last night. Let's make it clear. Last night. Not right too now. many Mai Tais last night. I had my aloha. Morning. Aloha water. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so I'm in Hawaii covering the Polynesian Bowl. That's my cover for I want to come to Hawaii in January, but I do it every year and uh, do some work for sure. But we were trying to schedule a time because there's a lot of stuff happening in the world of formerly Pac-12 football. And uh, so we're doing it seven, yeah, 7 in the morning here, 9 a.m. on the uh, East Coast. I don't know, maybe 6 p.m. in London, something like that, wherever you guys are. But we're podcast of champions at with ambient noise at the beach, and Dave's got construction going on. Yeah, I've got somebody. I think they're grinding metal next door. Who knows? Um, Loco Moco. Let's discuss it. Disgusting. Agreed? <laughs> yeah, I, we talked about this before. It's fun to say. I think I've ordered it once, and it's it's not great. But Yeah, it's um, – you know how, like, some things are, like, uh, better than the sum of their parts, Right. Like, you're like, oh, you really, you combine, you put an egg on a burger and suddenly it's like a whole new world, right? Yeah. Loco Moco is not that. It is either exactly the sum of its parts or a little bit less. Like, you will like every single part of it a little bit less after you've eaten it. I've eaten well here. Um, The I'm a big plate lunch guy when you get different barbecue. Yep. Uh, It's so good with the Mac salad. I did the, I was at the North Shore 
I'm on Oahu, uh, so we're staying in Waikiki right now. But uh, one day for practices, they go up to the North Shore because there's the Polynesian Cultural Center up there. And uh, man, Giovanni's, the shrimp truck is so good. Like, I got the scampi garlic shrimp rice mac salad with the, the very sugary drinks that, uh, what are those? Like the guava, strawberry, whatever mm-hmm. drinks. Like, uh, that's like my favorite time. And then I went to Ted's Bakery, which is famous bakery up on the North Shore. So if you take Kamehameha Highway, like kind of all around the island, it's great. If you come to Oahu and you only stay in Honolulu, make check check out the North Shore. It's a lot. Of yeah, fun. you're doing it wrong. Um, did you <laughs> go to? Uh, have you been to the Dole Plantation? Uh, I think on the Big Island, isn't that? No. It, is there one here? Yeah, it's it's up on the highway. If you go in the middle of the island, it's right there. Okay, I don't know if I've done that. Maybe I'll you have should to do check that. It out. Um, also, have you gotten any shaved ice? No, I haven't done that yet. Um, wow, that seems like your thing. Shaved ice is fine. Uh, it's like a snow cone, you know. No, it's not like the the really so like there's a couple on uh, in Waikiki that are like uh, they got like the ice cream in the middle. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you got to get that. I do like that. Come I've on. had uh, ramen. The udon place, Brandon Huffman, uh, put me onto this udon place. So me, Brandon, Biggins, and his family, Greg Biggins' family, were here. So. Uh, there's an udon place right down the street from here, uh, not Kasubi or something, but man, it's really, you wait in line for like half an hour to get in there, but it's like legit. That's tremendous. Um, we're we're Pac-12 podcast though. We are. Sort of. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us, pac12podcast at gmail.com. You can call or text us at 424-532-0678. Won't be able to do any voicemails today because we are remote, but tweet us at Pac-12 podcast and we love, love, love the reviews over on Apple Podcasts. If you uh, want to leave us a five-star review there, that would be amazeballs. But I don't know if we have any new ones, David. We have precisely, at last count, zero new ones. Oh, did you add that up, carry the two? Yeah, you know, I, I, was, I was doing some quick math in my head. A uh, little long division. Uh, and end result was uh, everyone here is a worthless human being who has provided us with zero new five-star reviews. Hey, what Ooh, what does that look like? like? That looks really weird. Yeah. It's like a tunnel, tunnel-y thing. Yeah. See, look at all, the, look at all like the finger wrinkles. Yeah, you got the bunch. I don't know if I can yeah. do that. Um, we need a background for you, dude. It's your house. You do enough of these. Like, like set up your basement so it's like a mini basement, studio. Basement. What, what state do we live in, Ryan? Just it looks like a basement here, because you got the window up high. It looks like you're in a basement. <laughs> no, no, it's just an old ass house. It's an old ass house that, like, if we tried to do anything to it, uh, we would have to redo the entire thing to get any of that permitted because, like, all the windows are wrong. Like, they're all like fire hazards. It's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. That doesn't seem like it's a legal bedroom from where you're. I don't know. No, certainly not. Certainly okay. not. But maybe we could, like, you know. You, every time you come to the studio, it's always a USC background because it's a television studio. It's my lot in life. I've accepted it. Actually, I don't want it to change. I think it um, adds a little something when I'm... But in your house, like you could have, you know, we do UCLA stuff. No, no, there. no. This, could... this feels very on brand to me. Okay. <laughs> um, I, like this like curtain here, um, doing this at an angle where I am actually like my head's in front of the corner of the room. Yes. Having a TV in the background, having a variety of little closet like cabinets. 
you got the built ins behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels all very, very on brand. It does. Um, well, we got like, I don't have the, the button, but if you want to do it, I'll breaking news. What? That's not the one it does. I, can you remember what it does? I don't remember what that is. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of, lots of shit has happened. Um, it's funny when the goat of college football coaching retires, the uh, domino effect. Well, and obviously the domino effect would be felt entirely in the Pac-12 where all of the best coaches and programs are, right? Yeah. Like when you're looking to replace Nick Saban at Alabama, screw the ACC, screw the Big Ten, screw other SEC programs, you're looking west. You're looking for the best of the best. And as we all know, those are born and bred in the Pac-12. Yeah. I think the Pac-12 picked a bad, for a lot of reasons, picked a bad year to be good. Correct. One, it was after they already imploded. Like, it would have yep. been better to be good before you imploded, so maybe you don't implode. And then now you got you got to replace Harbaugh. I mean, uh, you got to replace Saban. Maybe replace Harbaugh. I don't know. Maybe that's happened overnight. Yeah. I didn't see. But, Hasn't yet. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the Saban thing is funny. And I think it was, I think it was talk, might have been Andy Staples. I forget who I was listening to, but... Um, he had created like Bill Belichick retires, um, you know, Pete Carroll, like decent coaching tree, Belichick kind of a shitty coaching tree. Saban's is pretty amazing. You know, yeah. I mean, and I, and I think this was Andy's point that it was so good that you couldn't really replace it with one of those guys like Texas, like Sark's at Texas already, you know, yeah. uh, Kirby smarts already at Georgia. Dabo's uh, at Clemson. Yeah, and it's like, well, so what? I mean, you could try to Jimbo get Fisher is out there hanging out. <laughs> you could do that, but like the guys you wanted, like you could leave. Like Sark could have left, and I don't know who they ended up offering to. I don't think Dan Lanning was offered the the job. I think they wanted DeBoer outside of like getting Kirby or Sark or something. But um, yeah, so that that was kind of interesting. He's done so well. There wasn't like this ready made replacement. People thought it was going to be Dabo for years, and then he's sort of fallen off. You know, you didn't, uh, Alabama fans didn't want him anymore. So that was interesting. But, you know, getting Kalen DeBoer, you know, you lived in the South. I was married to a Southerner. Like, there's a thing for not trusting people that aren't Southern dudes, you know? And well, Saban wasn't, but like, you become that. Like, they, I don't know if they trust Kalen DeBoer right now just because he doesn't, he's, he's never really been down there. Well, I'll be so I'll be really interested to see how this works because I'm I'm a big DeBoer fan. Um, yeah, uh, coaching is coach ass mother coach you've ever seen. Like he's a really good football coach, X's and O's the whole deal. Um, he's not a recruiter, hasn't been, wasn't at Washington, uh, didn't have to at Fresno State, certainly didn't have to at South Dakota State. Um, he's a kind of an OKG guy, you know, our kind of guys build the program up. Um, that sort of thing. And that sure as shit is not Alabama. Um, yeah. Alabama. So here's the thing. If you take away Nick Saban, Alabama is like throw away all the expectations part of it. It's a very, very, very good job, but it is worse than Georgia. It is worse than LSU. It's probably worse than Florida in the sec. 
from like a recruiting angle, from like what you can build just from your own backyard. Like Alabama doesn't need to recruit, quote unquote, nationally, but it does need to recruit outside of its immediate footprint. Um, and you need to be aggressive and you need to be up there with all of the like insane people at Georgia, all the insane people. And not even just those, but like all the insane people Ole Miss. Like there's no fundamental yeah. difference between like the state of Mississippi and the state of Alabama. Like they're it's just tradition. Yeah. They're just the same thing. It's just Alabama is, you know, it's got that mental gear where it's no, we are Alabama. We're going to pay whatever. We're going to do whatever. We're going to cheat when cheating was still a thing. And now we're going to pay whatever to get talent in here. How does DeBoer fit with that? And that's the thing that, like, you hired a really good coach. I think Alabama, relative to its talent level, is still going to be very good. But that talent level needs to still remain top 10 if they want to, you know, realistically compete for national championships. And that's the piece that I think is, you know, it's it's a weird thing to talk about. But, like, that's a little bit of an unknown in going forward with Kalen DeBoer. Um, Nick Saban was a... Like, lost in all the stuff where he's, like, a really good coach. And, you know, obviously, you know, his defensive uh, practices have been uh, hugely influential on a lot of college football um, and his ability to adapt to the changing times, go offense first, all that kind of stuff. Uh, clearly a great coach, but Nick Saban, a monster recruiter and always yeah. has been going back to wherever, Kent State, Michigan, Michigan State. State. Yeah. Um, Kalen DeBoer's never been that. So can he adapt? Can he bring in the right assistance? Because uh, he's brought a lot of his Washington staff, I believe. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see. They, they hired the South Alabama uh, head coach, I believe, is their DC, uh, Kane Womack. Yeah, he's, a really, he's another really good coach, but he's been at South Alabama. How good of a recruiter is he? Um, and this is the I, kind of stuff that I think is, is a question for uh, DeBoer at Alabama. For sure. And I think the one thing – you could look at this two different ways. One, he's got to recruit better than Nick Saban, which Nick Saban was the GOAT. He did. He changed the game. They weren't doing NIL the way Texas A&M or Tennessee or Georgia was doing NIL because you were getting that sort of – you're getting Nick Saban. You're getting this Nick Saban discount. You were like, hey, every I think it was until this class, every – if you were there for three years – since Saban got there, you won a national championship. Like it, you were guaranteed to win at least one. So people would go there, maybe not getting the same kind of NIL deal. So now Alabama is stepping up their NIL game, knowing they can't get this Saban discount or whatever. So I guess there's that aspect. You almost have recruit better than Saban was doing, but I don't think you have to be the dog recruiter because NIL is such a big part of it too. So maybe you don't have to do it as much as like Saban was doing. But then, he needs, to, but then he needs booster outreach and he needs to build up NIL funds. Yeah. Here's, here's my, here's my take and my fearless prediction. And I'm so good at these. Um, Kalen DeBoer is going to be fired within four years. Wow. And he, he, no. And he's going to win like nine, 10 games a year. Easy. But he's okay. going to be fired within four because he's not a fit. I, I don't think he's culturally a fit down there. I don't think he's a recruiting fit down there. I, I, I don't think it's going to be great. And I think there's going to be a booster. So I think it's a little bit of what happened to UCLA basketball after John Wooden retired is going to be what happens in Alabama. There's a sense of entitlement now. Like, why should I have to give you a bunch of money? Nick was recruiting at X level without that money. So why do I yeah. suddenly need to give you $10 million? Just win, dude. Um, All right. 
So 1350 uh, or so into yeah. our January 17th show. Someone, someone in the chat, please mark this down. Uh, it was a lot of fun when we got to say, uh, you know, go back and take Dave's take that Jaden Daniels would never play yep. it down yep. at uh, LSU. West Texas might. Right my, after the Heisman ceremony. Please yeah. clip this. Please yeah. clip it. Yeah. Oh, he's very good at that. That's yeah. cool. Um, um, okay, so DeBoer so Yeah, DeBoer yeah, so I, I kind of like, and I, the whole, we got to talk about how these people leave because people get really upset. I think it's one of those deals where you're breaking up with your significant other. Like, is there a good way to do it? Like, oh my God, he broke up with me on text. Um, oh my God, he took me to this nice dinner and then broke up with me. Like, like I, it was over the phone. How in, you know, impersonal is that? Like, I don't know if there's a way that you can break up with somebody that, you know, and I think people like DeBoer's way of like, he had a heartfelt, you know, speech or whatever to his teammate versus what did, we're going to talk did, about Did now. you listen to it? No. It's, I, I mean, it literally like there's no, no, like if you see the transcript, there's like no coherent sentence said. It's just a lot of, yeah. It's you know, when you and like talking in like the second person and like when you get an opportunity, ah, oh, mm, it's hard. You're forced to. But gosh, you don't want and, and just like hemming and hawing. And it's like, I don't know. I actually preferred this. The next guy's uh, departure where it lasted, I think, about two and a half minutes. And he's like, yep, best of luck to you. I'll see you later. Um, uh, Amy in the chat says she's an expert at breaking up breaking things off so I yeah don't know. Like, maybe uh, i'm not very good at that stuff are you good at that or not really? no uh and uh kaylin DeBoer, i would figure like um just ghost you know like just like don't ever say anything to anybody sorry i'm gone i i, I started over here now see ya uh yeah. kind of hard to do when you're very famous um but yeah so DeBoer leaves uh obviously for washington fans that was a bit of a whirlwind week lose the national title game. And then within a couple of days, DeBoer bounces. And then, uh, and then you, you, you hire a new coach very quickly. Yeah. And uh, from our former, so I don't know if you guys know this, but we used to cover these teams that were geographically close to each other uh, right. on the West coast. They were part of something called a conference, a yes. Pacific coast conference of sorts we put a number after how many teams there are and it varied over time but at that point yeah. in time it was 12. yeah and arizona was one of those teams along with washington now we're down right. to two uh but whatever but back then we had 12. i don't know if you remember those days david arizona washington same conference would play each other arizona almost beat washington this year uh yeah so they have a coach been there three years First year only wins one game. Third year wins 10. Mm -hmm. Goes 10 and 3. Win the Alamo Bowl. And uh, Washington went out and uh, poached him. What I don't understand, and this is the part that I don't get, is uh, there were other coaches with the similar number of of, of similar amount of Pac-12 experience who'd won far more conference games in the last three years. I can think of one... Uh, for a team I cover, that Washington oh. certainly should have looked at. I mean, offensive mind, you know, um, has recruited before, uh, has experience on the West Coast, also has done preparation for the Big Ten, and they didn't even yes. look at him. You know, um, that's, that's just sad to I hear. Think, that's, 
It's sad to hear missed, a, poorly, a poorly run search like that. You've missed, I think, a trolling opportunity. Because oh. I think there's a stat you left out whenever you're like, when a job opens. Uh -huh. Like it could be, you know, it says uh, Arizona State needs a uh, nighttime janitor. And Dave will tweet, like, have you considered, in a <laughs> Chip Kelly, you know. But do you know uh, what Chip Kelly's record is against teams that coached in this year's national championship game. That's right, baby. That's right. I for, First of all, I was only thinking about Kalen DeBoer. He's 1-0 against Kalen DeBoer, right? Right. Okay, because a lot of things of Kalen DeBoer is 3-0 against Landanning. Right. But he probably has a decent record against Harbaugh, too. Like, I would think so. I mean, I think I, it's probably like 2-1 and one or something, but yeah, it's like, probably pretty good. Look up in the chat, like anyone in the chat, like what is what was Chip Kelly's record against uh, Harbaugh when they was at Stanford? Yeah, I need so this he's at least point. one and oh, one and oh against the national championship coaches from this year. So you are completely missing your opportunity. That's so critical. Thank you so much for pointing that out. <laughs> but uh, another good reason for UCLA to keep him because he's got that record against the national championship coaches. All right, so hang on, hang on. I'm going to look this up right now. This is good radio. Um, this is pretty good. Um, all right, so 2009 yeah. Oregon uh, lost to Stanford. So that's 0-1 oh, okay. against Harbaugh. Okay. 2010 Oregon beat Stanford, 1-1. One one. Okay, so 2-1 against national championship coaches. Uh, 2011 beat Stanford again, so that's 3-1. Three and, one. Three and, and then one. I think 2012 they lost. Let me see. Yeah, 2012 they lost. So okay. three and two, he's got a winning, winning record. record against national championship coaches. Uh, That's crazy. Uh, are you going to like give me credit in your next trolling? Yeah, tweet no, I need that one. That's a great one. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, but I think they were hard. trying to get, I think Washington was trying to get, now remember like DeBoer was hired by Jen Cohen, who's moved on to USC. I think they were trying to get Lance Leipold because he's done an amazing job at Texas. I mean, at uh, Kansas. Yeah. And I believe he turned that one down. Yes. Um, but, and, Jed Fish, and we could talk about his exit. That was not well received by uh, the uh, Tucson community. But they go, they go get Jed Fish, who, like Caitlin DeBoer, has it well. You know, hasn't been at any place for a particular long period of time. Yeah, uh, since like 2007, I think is the last time he was somewhere more than three years. Yeah, it, well, so like what happened this week was like a lot of um, learning learning who you are and learning where you are in the hierarchy of things. So Washington is not a tier one school. And I think Washington fans know that uh, Arizona is not tier two. And I think Arizona fans now know that Yeah, and San Jose state. Oh boy. Um, but I, I mean, think we, we found that out during the expansion, right? When like yeah. Utah fans are saying, I think it's Hey, we beat USC, UCLA, Oregon saying that like, well, that's not, you're still not, doesn't make you a tier one, you know? Well, like, honestly, so everyone gets upset when like something, you know, happens that makes your school, like makes you feel bad. Um, and so like your coach leaves, you feel bad. Um, yeah. I think some of it is also like it's continued effects of how that all felt for a lot of fans, like the, the realignment stuff, because Washington learned some things that were kind of hard to learn and Arizona learned some things that I think were kind of hard to learn um, about, you know, the value of your school in like a media, right, you know, setting. And I think, you know, not being able to retain coaches in like 10 years ago, 
I mean, you would still see occasional things where like guys would go interconference or like, you know, go from a big power five job to another big power five job. But it does feel like it is happening more and more. And I think it does have to do with the concentration of money and all that kind of stuff in the Big Ten and the SEC. Anyway, all of that being to the side, um, Washington not getting Lance Leipold, that would have been like kind of the um, the Kalen DeBoer hire. Yeah, where I think you're, so. You're going and getting a really damn good coach. Um, and that's going to you know have all of its knock-on effects of having a really damn good coach. I honestly think Jed Fish is uh, maybe better for them. And, and it's, it sucks to say long-term because who knows how long Fish is going to stay if he has success there. But it's better from like a sustainability standpoint because he's going to recruit the shit out of that job. And it's a it's got higher recruiting potential than Arizona does. Like I think he could get Washington back to where it was, you know, when it was recruiting at like a top 15 level consistently. Um, you know, I think that was when Jimmy Lake was doing his thing a little bit before he took over the head coach job. Um, and if he can do that, Washington can be, can remain a factor in the big 10 because he's also a good coach. I don't think he's like a magician like DeBoer is or like Leipold is, but he's, he's a good coach and he's a very, very good recruiter. Who's going to work really hard at that job. Uh, but the thing is if Florida opens or Michigan opens or, you know, any of a half dozen other schools open. He also is a guy who's going to look around. Um, sure. I, don't, I don't think he's found his final destination at Washington. Um, but I think it's, a, a you know, it, it, they made they made chicken salad out of a really bad situation. Um, and Washington's a little bit of a rebuild. I mean, they're losing a ton yeah. uh, from this title roster. But, um, you know, Fish might be able to bring over some guys from Arizona. And again, he's going to recruit it really well. I think they'll be kind of bad next year, and then pretty quickly after that, they'll be good again. Yeah, I agree. I think um, if Florida opens next year, could he leave in one year? You know, I mean, that's like kind of crazy. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Was, I wouldn't be. No, surprised. it's hard to be. And we don't know, like, uh, if Fafita or, or T Mac. And I think the last time Jason She reported, it just seemed like they were sort of it was undetermined if they were going to go with them. I mean, that's, I think that's what Arizona fans are worried about the most. It's like, this was a, Washington was going to take a step back because it was sort of built up for this year. They made a title run and a lot of those guys are going to be gone. Arizona yeah. was like different. Like they, they could have won the big 12 this year. So there was a real opportunity for Jed Fish to stay at Arizona. I think that's honestly from reading Sheer and reading other people, I think that's a lot of what's pissing them off is that, Next year, Arizona was a dark horse playoff contender in the new expanded playoff. Like, oh, yeah. They win the Big 12, which is definitely possible next year. Uh, they would have been in the playoff. Um, like, it's one thing if he decides to leave for Florida after that year. Um, but leaving for Washington in a lead up to a season where you've got real potential to do some things, I think that's just like, what's the point of all this? Like, is the point to be good or is just the point to, like, eke out a few more million dollars? Um, and I think that's the part that's rubbing people wrong. And reality is, for a lot of these guys, it's to eke out a few more million dollars. Um, so I, I think um, that's, you know, that, that's embittering. I think – here's the thing. I think Arizona fans have got to be hopeful that, like, guys return. But we've seen this movie before a lot of times. And yeah. um, head coaches do inspire a lot of loyalty from guys. And – um as we've seen, I think we saw it with Lincoln Riley departing for USC. 
and various other instances over the years. Sometimes kids will want to massage, you know, fan bases and egos a little bit more, but oftentimes they use that 30 day window. And then within 10 or 15 days of it opening, they decide they're going to transfer as well. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Yeah. So when you lose your head coach, the, the transfer portal op- window opens for that school. Um, yeah. So it opens for Arizona. I think that's what a lot of the big, um, you know, a lot of the concern is that we'll get into who Arizona hired. But I think some of the stuff, though, like you could say Washington isn't tier one, but they're cl- like, I think Alabama is just on a different tier you know there's like if, if you're gonna call that tier one like georgia Ohio state or something that okay but you know i i don't think there's anyone saying that washington is going to be on the same plane there could be reasons you want to stay at washington but it's alabama like they've won unprecedented national championships and all that kind of stuff and then with you know arizona going to washington like i mean it's de- there's definitely like a hierarch- hierarchical step up there i think the weird ones were earlier when you had Notre Dame's coach leave for LSU or Oklahoma's leave for USC. Those are more kind of situational things where those are schools you think are on the same tier. So I think if Oklahoma fans were really, really butthurt because they were like, Hey, they're not better than us, you know? And it's, it's, again, it's like a situational thing. Like those are both blue bloody programs. We just haven't seen blue blood and blue blood crime like that before. Notre Dame to LSU though, was a step up. Um, Notre Dame hasn't won anything of consequence. And I don't know forever um and the recruiting bases you know uh try to recruit a bunch of catholics nationally but that's about it um lsu you can build the national title roster literally in your backyard um and you know and our 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 lead up coach nick saban proved that um so i think um that one made sense oklahoma to usc i mean that one there might've been extenuating circumstances who, who, who really knows. Um, but yeah, I mean, Washington, to, the thing is, I think Washington's a very good job. I think it's proven over the last 10 years that you can win big there because two coaches have won and gotten to a playoff there, Kalen DeBoer yeah. and Chris Peterson. Uh, I think those are two very specific types of coaches. Um, and I think Leipold would have fit that mold to a T. Um, but you can win there. Um, I think the thing with Alabama, Ohio state, Michigan, Georgia, you know, that upper echelon of jobs is um, it's hard not to win there. It's hard to screw that up. It's hard to not go to a playoff Washington. You got to work for it. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I don't think 
I think Washington is in that tier with, you know, a bunch of really good schools that are still, still serious. I think what we're learning about college football today is, and what we're going to continue to learn over the years to come is what programs are serious about continuing to compete and win in this new era and what programs aren't. And I think Washington has shown enough. It's put its chips in. It's, you know, done the renovations. It's done all that stuff to show that they're serious. Um, taking a huge haircut to make sure they're in the league that can actually compete for titles. Um, all this stuff shows that they're serious. And, uh, you know, all it takes is, you know, again, another transformative coach. And they've had two of them. Yeah. So, what, so you think uh, DeBoer will get fired yeah, I, I, in Alabama. I don't think he's it's a tough, fit. It's tough to be the guy after like the nobody, guy. So first, nobody would be a fit. Nobody would work there. Um, it's yeah. it's again. I, I think it's a lot like John Wooden. Like he retires, and it doesn't matter who you are. Because if you look at the coaches right after Wooden, they all did really well, but they all couldn't handle it. Uh, and it's it's the expectations are going to be so out of whack. Um, like even just at like whatever he was 72 this year, um, what he did with that stupid team he had where they couldn't yeah. block, they couldn't block up. I think it was South Florida earlier in the year. Uh, and then they beat Georgia in the sec championship title and, uh, and then uh, nearly beat Michigan. And if they'd beaten Michigan earmuffs, Washington, they would have beaten your ass too. Um, <laughs> that's insane. I mean, what he did this year was insane from a coaching perspective. And DeBoer's got to live up to that and the recruiting. And that's just – that fan base is so yeah. – and it's totally natural, but the, the level of entitlement is going to be off the friggin' charts. Yeah. And uh, I, I just I, – I don't see how any coach handles that. Like his off year, he literally was like, you know, a, a fourth down conversion away from winning a national championship. And is a year that he's like not that good of a team. Beats Georgia. Stupid. Like stupid. Yeah. That's I, crazy shit. Yeah, I mean, um, what, what, a, what, you, what a note to go off on. What So, um, and there's like conspiracies from Florida State people that they wanted to get, Saban was going to retire, so they wanted to get him in the playoff one last time or something, which is crazy. Uh, I don't think that's the case. But um, so what do you, what's your prediction for Jed Fish at Washington? I think he's there for a little bit longer than, um, uh, than he was at Arizona. I think Washington is going to take a step back this year. Um, I think yeah. he's going to have a little bit of a rebuild on his hands. Um, I think it's either one year or it's four plus uh, at Washington. Wow. Okay. Um, Cause I think it's either he goes to Florida because he's like, I don't want to rebuild this. I want to go rebuild the place where it's even easier to recruit um, or he sticks it out. Um so I would I would say it's you know you probably have to you have probably probably have to weather whatever happens with Billy Napier at Florida, um, but if you get through that, I think he could be there for a while because um, he's going to be able to Arizona. He had to sweat blood to recruit at I think they had one top twenty five class. Um, yeah. Washington, he's going to be able to do that if if he works the same way. He's going to be able to get into like there might be a top ten class, but certainly top fifteen. Yeah, I think it might be tough though for a one year deal, just unless he does get like T Mac and, and gets yeah, because they're going to take a step back roster wise at Washington. So I think it might be tougher to have a good year in year one. I'm not saying that they're not going to do one and eleven like he did at year one in Arizona, but like this is 
it's probably going to be like a seven and five or eight and four kind of, unless he does like really. Oh, I think the drop off could be more considerable. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a losing record next year. I don't think it'll be one and 11, but they lose a lot. So then it's hard to like bounce after one year because what, you know, if Florida wants to hire him after he, you know, goes to Washington and it is his star is not going to go down. And Florida, you have to you always have to assess situationally. Florida has screwed up higher after screwed up higher after screwed up higher. Yeah. Um, and Jed Fish is an alum uh, and makes sense. Um, and you so he's reportedly that. Yeah. He's reportedly getting seven and a half million for seven years. Uh, I think it was Michael Lev reported that the Arizona is not allowed to give like state employees more than five year contracts. So they couldn't even have matched it. But I think he about doubled his salary. It doesn't. Uh, I mean, none of that shit matters um, because you're never thinking about the length of your contract until the last couple of years are up. Um, this was I mean, this was this was money. It was a better situation. I mean, there's a lot that's like it just makes sense. I mean, I understand why Arizona fans are pissed off, but it, it it's we can know, get into it, that. Yeah. yeah. In the broad scheme of things, this just this is the natural order. And I think it's buyout 12 million for like the first yeah. year or two or something. But. Um, yeah, so Arizona fans, if you go check out Jason Shear's uh, Twitter, um, there was a lot of uh, talk. I mean, like, Noah Fafita apparently turned down a million-dollar offer, NIL offer, to go be Ohio State's quarterback, and he would have been the starting quarterback, like, no questions. Um, it was a three-minute press conference. There was a lot of players that weren't even on campus, so it's, like, hard to have, like, a team meeting or a three-minute, you know, team meeting. Um People were not happy with the way Jed Fish left. What did what did you think about this situation? Like I said, it's it's just hard to break up with somebody. I don't know how you can do it. That's going to be good, but people seem to have a, a real problem with the way uh, Jed Fish did it. I guess. I mean, I, I again, there's no easy way to do it, um, and I think short and sweet. Um, look, everyone knows why you're doing it. Um, not making a big like to do like DeBoer did where he's like, I mean, what feels worse? A guy who coached you for three years or two years or one year and telling you, Hey, I found a better job. I'm leaving. It's been good working with you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and do that for like two and a half, three minutes or somebody like, you know, doing full on crocodile tears with you for like 10 minutes and not making sense like what he's the words that are coming out of his mouth are barely clauses certainly not sentences um and it's just like uh, and then you see him on video later just like glad handing everyone in alabama talking about how oh god when alabama calls you just can't pass it up this is friggin' awesome i'm so stoked like the whole thing what feels better i mean jed fish i think I think off the record, he was dishonest with people, and I think that bothers them. But these guys right. are always dishonest with people. They always are. They so always there's a lot of lying, apparently, with fish going on. Like, you know, even like the morning of and things. Like, I think that, you know, lying to the athletic director, like a lot of that kind of stuff. The athletic director was apparently stuck in, in like stuck in, in Washington Pullman. State or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, and uh, like there's always lying that goes on. And some of it is just like kind of the natural lying that happens when you're looking for a new job. Like, yeah. do you tell your current employer that you're looking for a new job? Sometimes depends on how much leverage you think you have. Sometimes you don't because you don't want to use the leverage. You actually just want to get the hell out. Um, so 
again, like it's are any of these people good people? No, 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 they're not. But if you're going to do it, like especially with your players and like trying to like tell them what's going on, like uh, short and sweet. Because it's the same bullshit no matter what. Like, you're still leaving. You're still taking yeah. another job because it's more money. So why sit there and do the crocodile tears for 10 minutes? Don't. Just just leave. Like, send him a note. doesn't really matter. You don't need to talk to him. The only reason to talk to him is to start recruiting him for your new school. That's the only reason. Uh, yeah. Everything else, otherwise, you're, you're basically just making up a bunch of bullshit um, because you've been selling – You've been selling a lot of stuff about their personal growth and all this other stuff. And, you know, you can't look like an absolute mercenary when you've been preaching all this team related stuff for so long. But all coaches leave. All coaches would do this at the drop of a hat if you offer them three million more dollars a year. So it's all bullshit. They know it. The kids aren't stupid. So Arizona turns around fairly quickly. Um and apparently, you know, I was reading what uh, Jason Shear was saying. Uh, Johnny Nansen was a real candidate, someone that they interviewed. Um, he ends up, you know, he took the was a coach DC job at Texas, but yeah. he could have been the head coach there. Uh, I think Shear said like Brendan Carroll was interviewed, but didn't seem like that was. Um, no, it sounded like Brendan Carroll didn't think he was getting it from the jump. Yeah, um, but that. You know, Justin Wilcox. Brennan. Justin Wilcox got an interview. Justin Wilcox was interviewed, which is seems a little nutty, but you that know. man, that man must know where all the bodies are buried. There, there is, it's stunning how he gets interviewed. Cal's in like this bad financial situation, right? And they got to go to the ACC and everything. But Arizona had that like two hundred fifty million dollar like accounting error that they're, you know, yeah. Um, so, but they get like five million of it back from Jed's buyout, but whatever. Um, and you know. Brennan is someone that uh, his name is so messed up. Brent Brennan. Brent yeah. Brennan. Brent yeah. Brenton. Brent Brenton. If you remember, like they couldn't practice similar, similar what like Stanford did during the COVID year, like they couldn't practice uh, and still had a like a great year. I think they were un- they, they won the Mountain West, I believe that year. Um, yeah. What do you we think? Of- Change his first name to like Bill. Bill Brennan. I like that better. Yeah. Yeah, it, Brent, Brent, Brent Brennan. We that can do whatever sucks. we want. That sucks so bad. <laughs> That's the worst name I've ever heard. But what like, were his parents thinking? I don't know. Oh, but he's, this child, light of my life, I'm going to name him Brent Brennan. <laughs> I'm going to make but his name hurt to say. He's a former GA uh, at, at Arizona, uh, coached under Dick Tommy, uh, there was, you know, ties there. Like, this makes a lot of sense. Um, I think. You know what? Is, you know what doesn't make sense? His name. What? It doesn't make any sense. Can we get up his name? It's such a stupid name. I can't yeah. handle this. How about Burt? How about Burt Brennan? Burt. Burt. Burt Brennan. That's hard. Or, to. or, I, I like Burt Burton. That's pretty or nice. Billy- Billy Bob Brennan. Yeah. Or, Bob, yeah. Bob Brennan. That's a football coach. I've, I've yeah. probably, I've probably seen a Bob Brennan coach a Mountain West school. Tony says, Brock, Brock. you're not putting any, you're not putting any comments up on the screen, by the way. You're, oh you're, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. slacking on your, yeah. your job. There. Yeah. Brock, Brock's good. 
uh, go say that to Brent Brennan during his press conference. I will. I will do it. But like, <laughs> how, how do you how do you name your kid that? You know your last name when you're naming your kid, right? <laughs> like you're aware. Oh, my last name is <laughs> Brennan. Let's name my kid something very similar to Brennan. How about Brennan Brennan? Brennan's also a first name. What's wrong with you? Yeah, like if you had a son and named him Woodrow, like that wouldn't make much sense. Woodrow Woods. What, like, a, like what's going on? Yeah. Like why right. would you do that to your child? Like so when you're, you're naming, panning the hire because of his name. Yes. Perfect. When you're naming the kid, like when you're naming your kid, you're thinking like first, like how does this fit with the last name? Is it a good first name? Like first, let's just start. Like I'm, I'm sorry, earmuffs anybody who's named Brent. Not a good name. Like it's just not. It's just like a noise. It's Brent. Um, so that's first. Second, you you gotta match. Like I wouldn't name my kid exactly Woodrow Woods. No, no. You wouldn't name your kid like um, you know Abraham Abraham or like uh, I don't know like your daughter Abby Abraham. You wouldn't do that to her. No. So what are we doing here? <sighs> I don't know. This is what I want to know. I was going right. to say, we, we could talk about him as a coach or his name. And no, Dave chose his name. His name's stupid. It's a bad name. <laughs> it's a really, really bad name. Like Jed Fish, there's a lot of good jokes about it because of the you know Southern California DJ, Jed the Fish. But it's yeah. a fine name. Like, it's weird. Jed with two Ds. What the fuck? Uh, and, and Kalen DeBoer, like... Like, that sounds like somebody who uh, came out of the misty north to sack the Roman Empire. He's Kalen the Boar. Uh, that's awesome. We love that. Um, Brent Brennan. You're, you're going to have to you have to get, go into battle with Brent Brennan. Brent Brennan is leading us into battle. Brent Brennan. Brent. Some guy Storm named the Brent. castle with Brent Brennan. Brent. Brenton. Brent. Brenton. Yes, he does coach football. Ah, oh, man, and he will from go from the Mountain West to the Big Twelve. With Arizona. he's a mediocrity. I mean, he's a mediocrity. I, this was not a good hire. I don't think. Really? I think it was it was quote unquote the obvious hire. I think it gives you some continuity. He's not going anywhere, but he's not very good. Um, and I, I think that's going to be borne out. Um, but he's fine. I mean, you're not going to be Kevin Sumlin, but. It's not a good hire. Um, you know, Jed Fish raised the upside because he could recruit the hell out of it. I don't think anybody knows how Brent Brennan is going to recruit, but if if parents think the same thing about him that I do, they're going to be like, how can I trust a guy uh, whose parents dealt him that kind of card? Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know how he's going to recruit. I think you need to recruit the hell out of that if you're going to be a conventional offense guy. You know, going back to my whole thing about Ken Nyamatololo, um, that's the other way to go if you're Arizona and recruiting yeah. hard. Um, is he going to be Jed Fish? Is he going to recruit at that level? And if he isn't, then I don't, I don't see that working. Um, Jim Choi in the chat says if he keeps all his players, he'll have success. And I think that's like I think retention is job one for him. Um, you know, so for Jed Fish in Washington, it's sort of like acquisition is job one for Brennan, like. It's a pretty good situation if you can keep a bunch of those guys. Um, you know, retention is going to be job one there. But I think he's a good coach. Like, I think there's potential to be good there. And 
there's potential for him to stay if he does have success. You know, like it's just like, hey, I'm I'm cool at this. This is a cool job for me. I got ties, you know, to the program. Um, you know, barring something, you know, like I don't think Jonathan Smith leaves Oregon State unless, you know, shit doesn't implode. You know, and I I don't I don't see Arizona's situation imploding. They're probably going to be in the upper part of the Big Twelve. He can stay there for a long time, I think, have success. So if he does, we'll see. I mean, I, but I'm a little more optimistic about the hire than you are, apparently. Can you imagine a college football playoff with Brent Brennan coaching one of the teams? I, this is this is very on brand for us. It's like Dave doesn't like the hire because his name sucks. His name does suck. It it fails it fails the name test in a lot of ways. Yeah. Can you uh, say it easily? Like if you are interviewing him after a conference title game, can you say, "Hey, I'm here with Brent Brennan." Like you're a sideline reporter. No. No, it's hard. It's difficult. If you were like on local news or something, they would change your name. Yeah. Fair. No, you would be Oh, you're going to go by Bert now. You're Bert Brennan. Yeah, not Brennan. It'd be like Bert, you know, and then something like whimsical. Like you Yeah, know, no, it'd be like Bert Skyline yeah. with Action News, you know. You are, let's call him Bert November. <laughs> we do get to pick what we want to call him because we call people by different names. Yeah. I mean, I like Bert Burton, but it's still hard to say. Um, yeah, I mean, we can go with uh, like a Bert, a Bert November, a Bert uh Bert Cactus Bobby Brennan no you don't want whatever to we want to do whatever we'll, we want we'll, to do we'll come up yeah yeah um so yeah Arizona uh has a new coach as well I, I'm not a big fan of the hire uh not just because his name sucks but also because uh you know I don't know I don't know how proven he is as a recruiter obviously San Jose State is San Jose State um and he's he had one he had one really good year, which was the COVID year, where we've since learned all data from the COVID year should be thrown away. Yeah. Um, Michigan uh, was terrible. Zach Wilson's time with the Jets should be the uh, firm indication that nothing from that COVID year matters. Yeah. Um, yeah Michigan was terrible during COVID. Uh, Stanford was good. And San Jose State was good. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot that didn't make sense. Colorado yeah. under Carl Durrell was good. Remember oh, yeah. That? Yep. Um, so I think I would say, uh, just, it's a real unknown. Um, and I was, I was, uh, I think I was higher on, uh, on the, uh, Jed Fish higher, but two new coaches in the former PAC 12. Um, and now San Jose state will uh, get a chance to hire somebody from, I would imagine the FCS level. That's, it seems like this is a real, like you just go up a level with every yeah. hire here. Um, and then- if Harbaugh goes, so that's, you know, that was all the domino of Saban. If Harbaugh goes, they're probably going to um, internal hire thing, but he might stay. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Jim brings up that I, I do know that Brennan is a fellow alum of Westwood. This just shows you my impartiality, okay? Because I'm willing to clown on this guy's name despite the fact that he is a Bruin uh, and he was a receiver for the Bruins in the mid-'90s. Uh, I'm, I'm still... This is the impartiality you've come to expect from me. I will clown on your name no matter where you attended school. Okay? <laughs> Brent Brennan. Nice. Stupid-ass name. Um, cool. Well, Mike has a great point. The parents of recruits will spend the entire time asking Brent why he was named Brent Brennan. 
sideline reporters will opt not to talk to him because his name is Brent Brennan. <laughs> Fair. Uh, all right. What else we got? Anything else? I think that's about it. Like the, you know, will the carousel keep going? I don't think it will like Harbaugh, but I, I did find it funny. The differences in like NFL coaching, hiring and in college where college is, you know, we're not going to talk. We're not telling anyone, you know, we're flying people on jets and, and the NFL announces like, Hey, we're the chargers. We just uh, interviewed Jim Harbaugh today. Like how different is that? Like, it's pretty funny that you, they like, they make these announcements of who they're like interviewing. That's a new yeah. thing, right? They weren't doing this before. No, but I think it was more, um, I think there was more openness for sure. But they're, I mean, they're not like, if, if you're going to poach an NFL coach, like there has to be like a trade, like their contracts actually mean things in the NFL. So it's like very different than college. I would like to see a little bit more transparency at college. I don't know why it's like this big deal that, Every time you hire someone, that was the only guy we interviewed, and that was the only one that offered the job. When you, a lot of times, that's just not the case, and it's okay. Sometimes someone could go move up, but they're just not the right situation for them, and it doesn't mean that your job sucks or whatever. It's just like they're happy where they are. You know, it's I, that's not realistic. You need it for recruiting. You need to. It's part of the confidence boost these guys get at the beginning. Yeah, I don't know, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, it is funny. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, I, well, I gotta like. You gotta go, go soon. Well, okay. no, we can do a few questions and stuff. Uh, I think we only have like two. Really? I think so. Well, you want to take a break? No. Right. I don't. At the end of the show, it's gonna be like four minutes after this. Whatever. Who needs a break? Duh, I'm just gonna. Uh, no, no. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna full on stick the ads in like the middle of like just you talking. Do you hate? Would podcasts do that? I hate that. No, like, I don't hate it. A podcast I have, and it's, I have and to do like it on the broadcast often. You do? Yeah. All right, we'll just do that. Stick them in the middle somewhere. Yeah, I'm going to stick them in the middle. Uh, nice. Sorry for the bad listening experience. Blame Ryan. Um, all right, we got... Uh, when Ryan doesn't do work... Okay, hold on. I think we have uh, this text message, I believe. Uh, Dear Dave, I'm sorry to ask this, but are the Bruins in danger of grinching the devolving... Cronin situation. Now, I don't we know exactly what this means. Because um, a Grinch is where you keep a guy who's like a an underling who sucks because he's like a good drinking buddy of yours. Right? Like, that's what Grinching is. I think that's... But that's not Cronin's situation. No, Cronin's situation is that, like, um, uh, he brought in eight new guys this off this off season and he's losing his mind coaching them. Um, and you know, that's not ideal, but I mean, it's a rebuild. It was going to be a rebuild. The big thing is to prevent it from being a lost year and to only do that. You got to develop your guys. So what I would just like is for him to, you know, stop, you know, calling them stupid in post game press conferences. Um, okay. So this one from Thomas, I looked at it, and I think it's literally from months ago, but somehow it just got sent now. Oh, okay. So we don't need this, then. No. It's very long. Yeah. Uh, next is Clark in Washington. How was your week? Seven days ago, I was golfing with my buddies in Houston, drinking and laughing, full of optimism that my Huskies could take down Michigan. The next day, I watched them fall as the offense finally sputtered. 
After enduring several hours of delays in the airport as I made my way back to the Northwest, I had just begun to work through a few stages of grief before seeing the news that Saban had retired. I knew DeBoer would be a candidate, but surely someone with Southern ties would get the job. You know the rest. Washington State and Oregon State definitely had a worse time in August, but have you ever seen a more dramatic change in emotion and optimism than what UW fans just went through? From the doorstep of the most difficult championship run in sports to losing what may be a generational coach in half the roster. Please be kind, Clark in Washington. It's funny. Uh, it's like, is this Clark Griswold? Like, I think this is his last name, uh, Clark. That's pretty funny. Um, but it's not funny your situation. Uh, there's a sense of, I don't know if it's irony, but you, to have the success Washington had, especially against your rival, beating, you know, DeBoer beating, you know, Landanning three times in two years. When this first opens up, I think a lot of Washington fans were kind of jumping on the, like, there was that rumor that Landanning was in Tuscaloosa that wasn't true. He turns that into, and Jimmy Sexton, the master manipulator behind all this, represents all these guys that got raises because of Saban getting fired. Uh, that feels I mean, like it should be illegal. It completely, like, he totally manipulated everything. Um, but to be fair, Washington fans were like, you know, yeah, it sucks to lose the national championship, but you got this great coach, you know, every, you know, amazing season, beat your rival, send them, you know, they could have went to the playoff, you sent them home. Now you're like kind of jumping on them that they're going to lose their coach again. And then it reversed, you know, uh, just even the last from now where we're talking 72, just the last week, it seems like a, a whole season of college football happened, like how different things were a week ago to today, you know, or a, a week and a half ago, whatever it is. It's kind of crazy. So you feel bad, but I think Washington fans were ready to crush Oregon fans if they lost yeah. Liam Danning. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, uh, but, Alex has a couple. Okay. If my email from last week still didn't go through, I had two questions. One, how will the survivor pool work next week year? Uh, great question. I'm going to direct it to Matthew. Yes, and he's a Stanford guy. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it all out for us. And two, what is the optimal strategy for craps? Glad you asked, Alex. The optimal strategy for craps is to play the pass line and then to play come bets if you want to continue playing beyond that. Because come bets are basically an extra pass line bet. Pass line bets are the best odds. However, let's be real. If you can find a standard craps table and you want to play the best odds, the optimal strategy is to actually play don't pass and don't come. Ooh. But that's boo. We don't do that. We play pass line. We play come bets. Now, how aggressive you are with come bets basically determines your upside potential, but also your downside potential. You can lose all your money very quickly if you just keep playing the come bets. However, if there's a hot roller, you can make thousands of dollars even at a $5 minimum table very quickly. This has been your moment of gambling advice. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, come bets, uh, I mean, I, I agree. I would typically do two come bets, but I like the strategy of doing more because if you do two combats, you basically have three numbers covered, and then inevitably that uh, one of those other numbers just keeps coming up. And if you would have played more, um, you would have got more money there. So the I, I do like it. Yeah. The good thing about a combat is also you get paid out on an 11, and 
you also get paid out on a seven if those come up, uh, which is a nice little reward if you don't have too many come bets out there. But it's also um, a devastating thing if you've got like four numbers or five numbers already covered. Yeah, that's the crushing part is. And and now it's if you're on the strip, like $25 tables seem to be the minimum. Like it's tough to find like a 10 or $15 table, which yeah. means say if, it's, say if it's a $25 table. It's not that bet, tough. It's just Ryan stays at, you know, frou-frou uh, casinos. No. You, can, you can find $15 pretty easily still. But okay, so $15 table. Yeah, which you that's more reasonable on the strip now. It's hard, sometimes hard to find. It's not a $15 bet. It's a $45 bet because you have to put double the odds. This is true. But also, um, so you can do max odds, which is, you know, like 5x on the 6 or the 8, 4x, so on and so forth. Do half odds. Like do whatever you would do odds wise if you were doing $5 bets or $10 bets, depending on what kind of minimum you're working with. And that way you'll minimize your losses while pretending like it's a $5 table, even if you are having to pay $10 or $15 per the actual bet. So you can do your odds less. You get paid better on the odds, though. So if you want to maximize your ability to win, you want to maximize the odds. If you've got a huge bankroll, go max everything. Go crazy. Go dumb. Go stupid. Go apeshit. But if you're a normal person, not like Ryan, not like somebody who... who, who, I used to play craps a lot more, but just... It's hard to sit at a $25 table knowing that the swings are bad. It's really bad. Like if you yeah. just get a, a rough, I mean, you're like $500 in and one bad roller sometimes. You're like, okay, that was not. Here's, I... here's the real solution for everyone. Don't go to Vegas. Go to Laughlin. Uh, go to the Edgewater Casino where you can still find $5 craps. You can do downtown craps, I think. You can uh, find some $5, but it's still mostly 10 there. Yeah. So. All right, I think we're Jed degenerates. We're degenerates. All right, uh, we got one more, right? I think Jared. Yeah. Hey guys, Husky fan here. I want to thank you for the great coverage of the season, and quickly reflect on the season from a Washington fan's perspective. I'm writing this on Monday, January fifteenth, that I can't believe it's been just a week since the championship. I guess we were just talking about this uh, after the game. I've been totally disconnected from college football media because I've needed a break. So now with some distance and perspective, here are my thoughts. Well, we got beat decisively by Michigan this year. Uh, This year was an unqualified success for the program, and I'm optimistic about the future. Next year will be a rebuild, and DeBoer hasn't done the best job recruiting, but he's shown he can get the most out of his players. And with the transfers coming in, I expect we'll be competitive for our first year in the Big Ten. Overall, I'm just really excited about what DeBoer is building at Washington, and he seems like the type of loyal, player-centric coach that could I could see staying at Washington until he retires like Peterson before him. While I was disappointed that he never addressed the rape allegations against running back uh, Tybo Rogers and let him continue playing at least, he handled it better than Fish did. The situation with JDL, uh, Fish did the situation with JDL. Yikes, imagine having that idiot as your coach. Anyway... Thanks again for the great coverage this year, and go dogs, Jared. Oh. <laughs> well done. Very good email. Um, yeah. Sorry. Not great. But Jed Fish is a good coach. He's just kind of a dumbass. But, yeah. They're all dumbasses. Here's the thing. Don't have any loyalty to coaches. They're all dumbasses. Uh, yeah. Appreciate your players. Uh, they're the ones who actually do the things that make you go, yay, on Saturdays. Coaches are dumb. Yes, some of them are transformative and great. 
they're also all evil cretinous human beings uh, who you uh, wouldn't piss on if they were on fire. Always remember that. Good point. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for us, right? I think that's it. Are you going to uh, wrap us up or am I wrapping us up? I think I'm going to wrap it up. I got to go. It's starting to clear up a little bit. Um, you should hit the pool. Go in the pool. I have to. No, I, I, we have to leave for practice in about. Why are you doing this? I go film players that have signed with USC and put Why? it on the internet. No, they don't care. People, your your people fans watch don't it. care. No, they don't. They comment on it. So. This is just a write-off of a Hawaiian vacation, right? I mean, we all be real. Definitely part of that but i'm working the whole time i'm here i'm going to practice every yeah, day but why do that like you should work one day maybe two and then the rest of the time just hang out i could potentially skip practice today yeah um but i'm gonna to go to practice i just yeah. i just do my work david no that's what i do nah, that's stupid Back to that there's content up on the site from you know my stay here is and there? i'm doing this there is yeah. look. i'm looking i mean all i see is like a carter story yeah, watch 2024 Polynesian Bowl USC signees day two practice highlights. Yeah. This has five comments on your site. There you go, see? That's value, baby. And two of them in that thread are from you. True. And nobody cares about recruiting, not even USC fans. Yeah. Um, you don't care, Mark. Stop it. You don't care. Tony says Ryan's going surfing. I'm not Look, a I'm trying to. I'm trying to persuade Ryan to go have fun. And you guys are all trying to like make him think that he needs to go work. I'm it's having stupid. fun, but I just thought, you know. Mark loves watching your vids. I closed down Duke's uh, last. I've never done that. You've but never closed down a bar before? Not Duke's at the uh, Waikiki. And it was like really windy and rainy here yesterday nah. um, for the North Shore Drive. Like I was filming, and sometimes the wind was blowing. Uh, the pads were blowing around the field. We were up at Kahuku High School. And, uh, yeah, I do love the shrimp trucks, though. Who doesn't love a shrimp truck? Uh, no manscaping in Hawaii. Sorry. Mark is yeah. really genuine about loving your vids. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. He's he's upset with me that I am denigrating your vid production. That's okay. I, I don't mind. Vid uh, sounds dirty. Vid sounds bad. It does. Um, yeah, I'm going to Huffins drive me to practice, Ben. So I will, uh, we, I, I've had drinks with him right in this pool area many times. He always stays here. Like Huff has his thing. He stays here. I stay here sometimes, but I booked it this time. So yeah, after practice, sometimes we come here, do a little work. I'm just jealous. That's all. That's all this is. I'm jealous. You should angry. be here. Why didn't you come? I know. Uh, cause I have responsibilities. Biggins, Blair, Blair brought his two-year-old he brought us two-year-old yeah his wife's here so. see my kids are too old like bringing them to something like this would like you gotta pull them out of school and all that shit sucks yeah cool all right well that's gonna wrap things up uh is it you guys it is we're gonna go bye-bye uh okay. from el segundo mm. why i'm ryan abraham and that is david david woods hope you guys enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time. Bye. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.